Welcome to the On The Edge Podcast with your host, Scott Groves. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Scott Groves from the On The Edge Podcast. I'm here with my old and one of my closest friends, Josh Painter. And uh, because he's a prolific drummer, in addition to an author, a business owner, a realtor, um, he realized that the intro music to the On The Edge Podcast is as close as you can get to a Guns N' Roses riff without getting sued for copyright infringement. So thanks for pointing that out and recognizing that. Um, It's funny, as I was sending the calendar invite for this podcast, which is going to be much shorter than Josh and I could actually do. We could talk for about eight hours on camera. I noticed that your email in my context still says Josh QLM painter from the quantum leap mastermind where we met. And uh, that's a crazy story for both of us, man. So do you remember where we met like eight years ago at that fateful mastermind? Yes. Um, so we went to an event uh, that was two days long and actually didn't meet at the event. We met uh, at dinner at the end of the event. Uh, we ended up sitting across from each other. And and I remember distinctly uh, either Hal or John saying, some of you will end up becoming friends and some of you will start businesses together. And we've done both. It's amazing. Think about uh, our most recent venture with... Uh, so the guys and, and Veronica. So uh, we've done that. And uh, of course, we dude, you're one of my best friends, man. Uh, I don't know if I tell you that enough, but I, I you, know. you know that you're, you're one of my best friends. It's bro so hug, easy. man, like bro yeah. hug into the camera. It's so easy to talk to you. Um, we uh, our political conversations will probably be boring uh, and not what your podcast listeners are used to because we pretty much agree on everything. So if you want to know what my <laughs> opinions are, just listen to all of Scott's controversial opinions. And I am uh, in the back shaking my head like, yep, yep. That's um, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how we met. Um, yeah, man, it's been eight years Already. So when we met, it's crazy. You had been a lender, which connected us. You also worked in the prison system previously, which still blows my mind that you were a prison guard. Uh, and then you had like just started really taking off with your brokerage. Like you were just kind of fine tuning the systems and the Zillow leads and the joint ventures and the partnerships and managing people and leading people. And then through our time together in these last couple of masterminds, things just really took off. You sold your company, you took your company back. Um, uh, and then at some point you're like, dude, what I'm really doing here is I'm coaching other realtors how to be the best version of themselves. And then that led to the book, which what's the release date for the book? Cause we're going to try to get this podcast to release as near as possible to the book date. Yeah. So, um, the release date's November 29th. Perfect. 2022. If you're listening to this two years in the future, you missed it. So go get it. It's been out for two years. It's a bestseller. You need to read this. And, and I know you have a lot of momentum behind this book. Like you've been, like you've got a marketing team working on it. You guys are going to try to hit like Wall Street Journal bestseller. You, you've got all kinds of things working behind the scenes to help you with a successful launch. But if the book sucks, none of that's going to matter. And I haven't had a chance to read the book yet. I already pre-ordered my, uh, my uh, copy of it and all of my coaching clients will be getting it because I know you and I know a fair amount that's in the book because we've been talking about your writing process and all that stuff. So why don't you first tell us about the book and why it matters and fuck, man, why another self-help coaching blah, 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 blah book when you know we've read them all, you've probably got a shelf full of them behind you. Like why one more coaching 
self-help guru book from a guy who's been really successful. Um, and I, I have to say to everybody in the audience, I think Josh's biggest success is a couple of years ago. He basically took a year off where he hung out in his pool, taught himself how to, how to play drums, spent a bunch of time with his beautiful wife and his grown kids and like ran a seven figure business working. Would it be an exaggeration to say four hours a day? No, no, that, that might be an example. <laughs> yeah, maybe working hours. two hours a day. Um, so anyway, tell us about best best version ever. Okay, so I'm going to try to touch on your actual question of why yet another one, right? So I like to call it a personal development mixtape. Uh, okay, or greatest greatest hits. Um, no, I mean, I, I realized when I was 30 years old that I was living a life that others expected of me. Um, and not the life that I wanted to live. I, you know, I went down the, the personal development rabbit hole, if you will. Um, and in that process, I realized that there were a lot of people living this same life that others expected of them. And, you know, they don't all necessarily know, uh, that there's another way. Um, so, you know, I went to events, by the way, speaking, speaking, let's just address the elephant in the room. Speaking yeah, of like yeah. your best version ever, I have a calendar reminder because of something that you taught me with those daily habits. You were using like the daily habit, uh, Darren Hardy. And this is like, take my vitamins and floss my teeth. Cause this is something I want to get in a better habit of doing every night. So this is like real time. That was the alarm that just went off. It said, go take your drugs and floss your teeth, that's which, amazing. which is kind of embarrassing to admit, but that should be the only thing that goes off. Cause I turn my phone on airplane mode, but not the alarms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. I mean, everybody wants to floss other than the two days a year that they see their dentist. Um, so, I mean, I I literally built the habit by having a piece of paper right here that said floss and I would check it off every single day. And I mean, it's it must have been seven, seven years now. Um, no cavities. Don't even worry about that anymore. Um, and it just became a habit. I digress. Um, so I went to these uh, events and seminars, right? And I realized that a lot of them are sales pitches and some dude on the stage uh, doing keynote speeches and, and really just trying to sell his book or his stuff, right? So then I would leave these events and I'd have all these journals, but they would have like notes in them, right? And and they'd get thrown on a shelf and maybe I'd look at them and maybe I, I wouldn't. Um, but I decided to design the event that I wanted to go to, which is... Um, uh, well, I've been doing it for six years now and it, and it's called best version ever. And the whole event is making a plan to become your best version ever. And not just writing down inspirational notes, but actually creating a plan and then leaving, uh, not leaving the event without taking that first step and, and taking those first actions. Right. So after doing those for five or six years, it, it would have been last about a year ago. Uh, um, you know, I always get feedback after the events and, and the thing that kept coming up was, Hey, this event's great. I love it. I would really like to know why, why does this work? Why do we do these things? And so, um, that's, that kind of set into motion this year, writing a book, um, calling it best version ever discover the magic of becoming extraordinary. And, um, I, again, it's a, it's a personal development, greatest hits. It's, it's, Hey, I used to recommend 10 to 15 different books for different things. And what if I took everything that I know and everything that I've learned and put it into one book that I could recommend. Um, and, and sometimes we forget that most people don't work on personal development and most people don't, um, you know, make it, make these habits or have this knowledge. So 
you know, having one more book out there, um, there's a good chance that, you know, everyone that buys mine doesn't, has never heard of, you know, our friend Hal or, or our friends, John and, and Darren Hardy and atomic habits, right? Like no one, most people just there, my book will probably be their first uh, experience with personal development. Um, so here's your, uh, here's your, your 10 part, uh, crib sheet for not reading these other 15 books, right? Yeah. It's the mixtape. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did the work for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all you got to do is go do things. And I, and I know you have a couple shining examples of this. You know, you have uh, one individual on your team who went from, you know, we'll just say struggling bartender to now like mega top producer on your team, crushing it. Um, I, I know this because I know him. Uh, and I also know he drives a Lamborghini because he can afford it. And he's been really smart with his money and he continues to crush, not because he's some wannabe Instagram star. So kudos to him. And I know you have some other success stories. Like you said, you've been running this event for six years and it's, it's actually relatable. Um, and one of the things that I love that you do is you have them at the end of the event and spoiler alert for anybody that's never been to the event before you have them write a letter. Um, can you talk about that? Cause I'm guessing something from that exercise is in your book. Yes. Uh, that exer that exact exercise is in the book. And that is, uh, it's something that I've been doing every year since 2009 was the first year that I did it. Um, and I don't even remember why I started doing it, but, uh, writing a letter to yourself that says it is December 31st, 2022. And I have a, I'm becoming, or I've become my best version ever because, um, and then you write this as if you write out all your hopes, dreams, and goals as if they've already occurred. Uh, and then the real power is just reading it out loud, reading it to others, having them read theirs to, to you, because then you get inspired, you get other ideas. Um, but then the best part is I, I usually collect it. And then, uh, I, and I, I got a whole stack over there that I'm not going to grab because my, uh, headphones are too, the wire's way too short and it, it'll take this whole fucking interview into a different direction. Um, but, uh, I got a whole stack that I usually mail out at the beginning of December and I don't know why, man, inevitably everyone forgets that they gave me this letter, um, and, and gets it a year later and they get to open it. And there's just like this whole thing of, Oh my God, I did this, this happened. So or hey, I've got something else to shoot for this year. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, Ooh, I was gonna lose, I was gonna lose uh, twenty-three. Was gonna lose ten pounds this year, only thirteen to go. So uh, that that might roll over to the following year for me. Yeah, you know, I will, I will uh, just touch on one thing. Is like, yes, I I do coach real estate agents, but this has transcended, you know, outside of real estate. Um, you know, I've got one. I mean, dude, one lady just literally called her boss at the event and was like, I'm going to start working part-time. I need to follow my dreams. And I was like, Holy shit. Whoa. That's, yeah. That's crazy. Um, you know, I got another non real estate agent. She was like, I lost 50 pounds this year. She just called me like a couple weeks ago and we were just talking about something random. And she was like, Oh, I think you should know that. And she's probably clearly the exception, but she goes, I know you're going to mail me this letter in December. So I knew I needed to lose 50 pounds this year. So I did. And I was like, Oh, Holy shit. It works. It works. Yeah. Isn't it crazy when something that you've either written or said or done or some exercise, somebody repeats it back to you. Like my book isn't that big of a deal, but in a very small circle of loan officers, 
it's kind of become gospel for some people. And somebody will report back, they'll be like, dude, I love day 27. And I got to go to the book and be like, yeah, that was a pretty good one, man. I, I stole that one from John Roman or Josh Painter or Justin Grable. And like, I'm glad it worked for you. Um, yeah. It's 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 pretty nutso when you start to help people. It really is. Um, yeah, it, I get I get surprised all the time. Um, but this stuff does work. And sometimes I... Uh, well, I love those. I love those calls because it reminds me of like, oh yeah, that's why you're doing this. This this does work. Um, I hope the book doesn't suck. I'm totally biased, right? I've been deep in it for six months, eight months. I mean, I don't think I ever want to read it again. I've seen it so much, um, but no, I, th I think it's good. I, I think there's a good mix of um, you know action, actionable items mixed with uh, my some of my personal stories and some some other people's stories, right? So, and I know, uh, again, I have a lot of background on this cause we're such close friends. A few years back, you took kind of a copywriting in real estate, um, course, and that led to like some super long form Facebook posts that were really, really vulnerable. Um, and quite frankly, like had you exposing something about yourself with the intention of like exposing something about your company with the intention of like talking about the path for success to other people. And at the end of the day, it just comes across as like a very genuine, authentic recruiting tool. Um, can you talk about like, were you a prolific writer when you were in high school? Have you always loved writing? Is this copyright? Like what happened for you to wake up one day and be like, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to undertake the task of writing a book. Um, I guess the short answer is I've always had a great command of like the English language and grammar and big words. Um, you know, I'm, I, I hate to say it, but I'm the, I'm that asshole that will notice immediately if you've used the wrong version of there. Um, <laughs> you're you know, the, you're the grammar Nazi. Oh. I am. I don't want to be, I mean, it's funny because, um, in 2008, uh, no, nine, I needed an assistant and I put an ad on Craigslist and it was like, if you don't know the difference between there, there and there, uh, just don't even respond or whatever. I mean, like it was like an assholey ad. Um, but my, I mean, I'm still friends with the girl that I hired in 2009 and she'll send me grammar stuff still amazing work for me. Um, but she, she loved the ad. Right. And it's like, I needed someone to be emailing or communicating on my behalf and not have me uh, look like an idiot. Um, where was I going with that? So, I mean, in that sense, I mean, yeah, I was, I mean, I, I, I didn't do well in school because I just didn't give a shit. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think I was always good at uh, reading and, and writing. And so, which is, uh, which by the way is totally contrary to my experience writing a book. When I got a copy editor, she read through the whole book once to give me a quote and she was like, Hey, I got good news and I got bad news. And I'm like, what? She's like, for a business book, it's exceptional. Like I found myself actually wanting to read through it. And I'm like, all right, awesome, dude. I'm like, what's the bad news? She's like, well, it's a 47,000 word count book and you've got about 60,000 errors, typos and grammatical errors. So I'm gonna go from two cents a word to three cents a word to go ahead and proof this. And I'm like, sweet. I went to LA Unified School District. I'm half a moron. I still frequently, um, 
misspell bureaucracy so badly that spell check won't give me a suggestion on how to actually spell the word. So you and I couldn't be more different in that sense, but hopefully we both end up with a good book. <laughs> yeah. Spell checks like, am I doing something wrong? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is, this, uh, is it me? <laughs> it just throws up its hand. It's like, I got shit for you, dude. That word, that word is Greek to me for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a semi useless skill, you know, knowing when people or use the wrong words in emails. Um, and it pisses me off when I use speech to text because I mean, my phone is constantly using the wrong version of there. accept versus accept. So anyway, um, yeah, no, I mean, writing a book was one of the hardest things I've done though. Even, I mean, I, I completely, uh, underestimated what it was going to take. So, um, I don't know. I don't know that I want to do it again. <laughs> there you go. Walk us through the book. Is it, you know, short chapters where you have an actionable item every day for a year? Is it more theoretical as like, Hey, this is how you take care of your health, your wealth than this. Is it, is it anecdotal stories with a, you know, fairy tale at the end of how people are supposed to live? Like how's the book actually organized? Yeah. So there's an introduction that kind of tells a little bit of the story of what I just said, why I would write a book. Um, and really tapping in on in into like mindset, right? So the very first chapter is about your mindset. And I mean, you know, I, I mean, we're friends, so we're just free flowing, but I, I, I kind of, it's kind of weird because the acronym is magic, right? M-A-G-I-C. And the subtitle of the book turned out to be discover the magic of becoming extraordinary. Um, but the chapters um, spell magic, M-A-G-I-C. Um, and so if I'm just going through them, uh, the very first chapter is about your mindset, right? Um, I mean, just even, I mean, dude, I start with like, you know, that whole, the chances of you being born are one in 400 quadrillion. You came out of the womb having won the very first race that you've ever entered you're a fucking champion, right? Like if that doesn't inspire you to, you know, start eating better and not, and not watch so much, uh, television, I don't know what will. Um, but then, um, you know, just the whole like idea that anything that you've seen someone else do is proof that it can be done. It's just changing, limiting beliefs. Um, you know, really keying in on like life is short. What do you want to do? Uh, a lot of people don't know what their life's purpose is. So I, I make the claim that your life's purpose is to become your best version ever. Um, and it's not a finish line that you ever cross. It's more like milestones that you hit all along the way. Um, and the cool thing is, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't have to be achieve, 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 right? Like I, I make a point in there that for some people, their best version ever just means, uh, you know, I might've even gotten this line from you. Like it, it just means like, I make 40 grand and I go surfing every day. Right. Totally. Say that in, in the book, I think I just said that you go surfing every day. Right. I don't, it doesn't matter how much you make, but like you get to decide what your best version ever is. Um, I mean then, and we even touch on like what's called uh, the spotlight effect, right? It's this idea that everyone is this movie star of their own life in their head. But at the same time, the dichotomy is in everybody else's head, you're just a supporting character in their movie that they're the star of. Um, and so you really see this a lot when you, um, 
when you, I mean, Mark just sent us that quote a few minutes ago that really was like a great example of it. Matter of fact, I'm gonna pull it up because Mark- Totally, Mark, it was so good. Mark hit on the spotlight effect. He says, at age 20, we worry about what others think of us. At age 40, we don't care what they think. At age 60, we discover that they have not been thinking of us at all. <laughs> and it's so true, man. And And so like another example of that is you're in a group photo and someone takes a photo and then they go, Oh, how does this look? The first thing you do is you key in on yourself, right? Like there's, there could be 10 people and you're like, how, how did I look in that photo? And so sometimes that photo is ruined maybe for you because you're like, Oh, a hair was out of place or my eyes were shut. But the problem is everyone else is looking at themselves and they probably didn't even look at you in the photo. Right. Like, they could look at the photo and never see you. And and this is more of like this freeing idea of like, look, there's a spotlight effect on you from you and, and you created that, but no one else gives a shit about you. They really don't. And it's not meant to be like this depressing thing. It's meant to be this freeing thing of like, go do what you want to do. Right. Live the life that you want to do. Because all these people that you think they're watching you, they're not they're right. watching themselves. And, so. and, and usually if somebody is watching you, it's really just a projection of whatever they suck at, right? Because yeah. it's like, I saw John Roman, our buddy, dancing the other day at this father's thing, and he always likes to talk about how his wife loves dancing, and he hates dancing. And I made a point to go tell him, I was like, hey, John, I'm like, I love the fact that you're putting yourself out there, and you're dancing more, and you're going to Burning Man, and you're doing whatever you have to do to fall in love with dancing with your wife. And having just watched you dance, I totally understand why you're self-conscious because you look like Elaine from Seinfeld, right? And I'm, I'm going to have Chris like, like stitch in the Elaine video from Seinfeld. But I'm only saying that because I'm super self-conscious about how bad I dance. So after I said it, I kind of felt like a jerk. I was like, oh, I'm probably just projecting on him how badly I dance and how my wife wishes that I would love to dance more. Like it's just, it's just complete projection of my own um, self-absorbed thoughts onto him. It had nothing to do with him. Uh, and we're all just losers. So what's the a, what's the AGIC mean um, once we get past the, okay, mindset's right. I'm not a loser. I just need to go dance more and nobody's looking at me. Nobody gives a shit. Um, what's the AGIC in magic? All right, so the A is aim, right? And and you remember like me just going back and forth with everybody constantly, like what should the aim A be, right? Because I have many choices, but do you hear that? That's that's proof that your wife is um, tossing dishes. You know, she was doing that earlier today on a different podcast. Uh, so fuck it, it hey, is what it is could could be worse. Yeah. Uh, so the A is aim uh, and really finding, you know, what what is it you want to achieve? What do you want to what do you set out? What do you want to set out to do? What is what is your best version ever look like? Uh, are there things you want to accomplish? Are there things you want to do? Um, the G is uh, and, and I mean, every chapter has uh, different prompts, action items, question, you know, questions that uh can help reveal the answers to these so there's tons of take actions all you know throughout the chapter and at the ends um, and then g is game plan right once you know what you want to do actually formulating and that's where like we bring in like just even the idea of what we talked about earlier right having this reminder pop up on your phone having the paper next to you to remind you right <clears throat> um and and then uh, i is immersion um so one of the, and 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 that's even like finding mentors. Did you say um, immersion? Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah, like I'm really immersing yourself. Uh, you know, I mean, 
it, the best way to put it is like you could say i want to learn spanish or you could move to mexico one of those is going to be immersion right when i um and, and i use this example in the book when i wanted to learn how to play drums i really immersed myself in it right i I, I signed up for lessons. I flew to Canada to do a drum camp for a week. I flew to Ireland and did a drum camp for a week. I um, joined. When you told me that, by the way, when you're like, I'm going to Ireland by myself for a drum camp. I remember rolling my eyes and be like, dude, does he have like a second family somewhere? Because that's the most bullshit, <laughs> bullshit excuse I've ever heard to get away from your wife as an adult. You're like, no, man, it's like it's like summer camp for adults where you play drums like eight hours a day. And I'm like, this is the craziest and coolest thing I've ever heard right next to your I want to be better at softball. So I hired a softball hitting coach. <laughs> That's the best all-time Joshism. Like, I don't want to suck at things, and if I'm going to play softball and I, I'm going to be out there having fun, I'm going to be able to connect with the ball and hit a home run. So kudos to you for living the immersion. And and then and then shortly after that, you went to a uh, BJJ camp for a week and, and totally. totally immersed yourself in there. <laughs> You got me addicted to this immersion principle. I'm like, well, if I'm going to do jujitsu, I'm going to do a hundred private lessons and I'm going to find an excuse to leave and go to a jujitsu camp for a week. And yes, yes, I'm very, um, I'm very much following in your immersion footsteps. It's the fastest way to learn something is the immersion thing. So that's why, you know, I gave it its own chapter. Um, and I was doing that. I turns out I found out I was really close to an acronym magic. So I and C really fell into place. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's other examples of uh, the immersion in there. But even when I was learning drums, I joined uh, a band just to force me to like learn some songs that I would have never set out to learn on my own. Um, even like even talk about like just reading product reviews online just to kind of like get the feel of whatever thing you're trying to learn. Um, discussion boards, all uh, Facebook groups, all that good stuff. And then. Uh, the C is consistency, right? It's the, the actual steps to turn these things that you've learned into consistent habits over time. And then uh, after the magic uh, chapters, the last chapter is called becoming. And it's the idea that, okay, you've worked on yourself, you've worked on yourself. Now, how does this translate to helping others um, and giving back? So the whole becoming chapter is about, you know, your best version ever um you, you almost can't become your best version ever unless you're helping others uh, become their best version versions ever man uh i don't know if this is apropos but i just finished doing a three-day business planning event similar to what you do because we had a lot of the same mentors and i very i, I think chris actually is going to cut this into a clip um if i forgot to tell you this chris we need to do it I talked about how I hate, uh, this is on Tuesday, I hate bullshit affirmations of, I am a money magnet, I am a millionaire, like all those things people say, it's like, no, you're, you're not that thing yet. And something you and I have talked about and we've talked about in other mentorship circles we're in is like, you know, when you're saying those affirmations or when you're writing down, like, 
I am becoming the type of person that eats healthy, right? I am becoming the type of person that flosses every day. I'm becoming the type of person that practices the drums one hour a day. I'm becoming the type of person that's not scared to make the sales call. I was just talking about this yesterday that I'm going to get, my wife's going to kill me when I come home with it. I'm going to get the word becoming, you know, dot, 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 ellipsis. I'm going to get that tattooed on my forearm because you know me well enough to know that like I fall into these things where it's like 90 days hard charging. And then it's like, oh, well, that was just a thing I did, not a person I'm becoming. Uh, and then I gain back the weight or I, I lose focus on the telling my wife I love her every day. But if you're becoming something, it's like, okay, well, I don't have to have a lot of guilt around if I miss a day or if I fall off the wagon. It's like, because I'm not saying that I'm that person, right? I'm not the triathlon, but maybe I'm becoming the healthiest version of myself. I'm becoming the best version of myself as a leader. I'm not there yet. I make all kinds of leadership mistakes, but like that idea of becoming something is almost more fascinating to me and more like motivating than being, right? Because once you are something, you're like, oh, cool, I arrived. I'm I, I, I can play this Pearl Jam song on the drum, but becoming the person that could play that Pearl Jam song on the drums, that's kind of more interesting. I, I don't know if that's what was in your mind when you're writing this chapter, but I feel like you and I have had enough conversation around this that I, I, like, it's going to be a tattoo on my arm. Yeah, I mean, everything that you just said is uh, quite honestly straight out of my book. Um, I did yes. talk about affirmations being bullshit. Um, yes. I, did talk, I, <laughs> I did talk about writing them as they're happening not that they've happened because your brain very much knows when you're a fat piece of shit and you're lying right um so yeah we we definitely talked about that and we definitely talked about you know not being hard on yourself and knowing that uh, life's a journey we all run into things you know i talk about uh the seasons of life um i even touch on you know life is uh, the cover of the book is is an ocean wave and um you know, part of me doesn't want to like give my interpretation because it's kind of like, you know, like Pearl Jam, you brought them up. They stopped doing music videos because everyone like interpreted it a different way than they were just like, I want people to interpret it the way they want to. Um, but one of the things that I did talk is it mentioned in the book is like, life is very much like this ocean wave, right? Like you're, it's, it's building, it's building, it's swelling, like it hits this peak and then it fucking crashes. And then it slows, right? And then there's like this, there's almost like this drawing back into itself, right? So I've gone through this, those seasons of like, hell yeah, man, you're like at the peak, right? But then it always like comes down and kind of like pulls back into itself and then you start a new wave, right? And so I don't know how I got on that, but yeah, man, we're always becoming, you, you don't ever hit a finish line. There's always, there's always something more. I love it. You know, one of the things I love about the book and about you and about kind of what you want to accomplish is, frankly, you have nothing to sell, right? It's like you've put a lot of time, energy, a massive amount of money with project collaborators into this book to put it out to the world. And I know, because we've talked about it, you don't have a secret mailing list that's going to sell them a $49.99 product that's going to upsell them to the $2,500 mastermind that's going to have them buy $30,000 coaching, which is why a lot of people write books these days. Like, if I, it feels weird using the word because I know you're a businessman, but you're almost doing this altruistically, right? Like, it's like, I want to put it out into the world and just see what happens. So can you talk a little bit from that stance, like, 
you know, if you want to talk about how much money you put in the book, fine, whatever. But um, like, what's your hope for the book? Like, what's what's the journey been, and what's your hope? Since you don't have a product you're selling, you're not like, hey, these are ten steps to opening your own brokerage uh, as a real estate agent. Work for me, and I'll show you how to do that. Like, that's not what this is about. So, what's you know, what's kind of been the 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 project management of writing the book, and then what's your hope for the book? I guess, um, I guess my hope for the book. You know, it started as an explanation. Um, you know, it started as like a mini version of my day long event for people who are never going to come to my day long event, right? It's like, or, or for my kids, you know, maybe they'll pick it up 10 years from now, or maybe a young person will be inspired by it. But I, I think the main reason is like, you know, you know, as well as I do, no one makes money selling books, right? Right. It's like maybe it leads to other things. Maybe it leads to uh, a, a relationship or a friendship. I don't know. Um, you know, one of my favorite books is uh, Untethered Soul. Uh, he wrote a, a secondary book called The Surrender Experiment, which I thought was okay. But I, you can pretty much uh, get the whole idea of it, which is sometimes in life you just surrender to things and just kind of see what happens. So I'm very much seeing what happens. Um, I do love running my um all-day event best version ever i would love 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 um to kind of make that its own thing so if anything came, came from the book i would hope it would be that i could do more of those events uh, maybe take them into companies turn it into a team building thing for the day um but yeah i, I think that's the most that i maybe have planned for this uh right now what's uh what's your favorite one of the uh of the acronyms like the m-a-g-i-c you know mindset aim game plan emerging consistency what what's the one where you feel like you kind of naturally have dialed in and you thrive and what's one where you're like dude i really have to work on this and i kind of wrote the book for myself because i struggle with this one i think uh i think the one that i probably dialed in the most was mindset right i mean i learned I learned very quickly. Uh, I mean, I learned when I was 30 of like, I'm responsible for my own happiness. I'm responsible for my life. No one else is right. I'm not entitled to anything. Nobody owes me anything. Uh, and I just, I mean, I really just really quickly keyed in of like, Oh wait, my life has gone the way it has because of decisions that I made, not because of the world, the, this nothing happened to me. The world didn't happen to me. You know, it's like I'm responsible, and if if I want to do something, then I need to be in charge of that. So, so I think I got the mindset thing down, and and really trying to convey that as much as I can. Um, which one I probably need the most help with, and and would have been writing it for myself. Probably, that's a tough one, man. Maybe, maybe game plan. Because sometimes I fly by the seat of my pants, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I don't plan things out as much as I should. Yeah. I think it's easy to aim and feel like, Hey, what do I want to accomplish? And what, what, what I want to do. Um, and the immersion and consistency has been pretty standard, but setting it out and mapping it out might, might be my downfall. Fair enough. Yeah. And, and who's your target audience? Um, you know, if, if, <clears throat> If one copy of your book is released and you're like, oh, this can end up in a 16-year-old troubled youth's hand, this can end up in a you know business owner that's about to give up. If there was like one copy of your book or one demographic of 
type of person that this could go to? Like, who's your target demographic for the book? You know, it's so easy to say that, okay, if, if I had one copy, it'd probably go to a 26 year old who is working a job that he hates and, and sees people around him being, you know, getting success or becoming successful, but doesn't necessarily know where to start or doesn't have that mindset piece yet. Um, having, you know, cause I, I, I got asked that question earlier today and it's like, well, it's easy for me to see this, the young person, but if I'm being honest, I'm probably seeing young me in this, you know, and man, I wish I would have known this and I wish someone right. would have told me this. Right. So, so I probably am seeing younger me and being like, what would I tell younger me? Uh, and having said that, I really think that, you know, there's really no age limit on this information and when it would expire, you know, I, I could see it helping someone in their forties. Yeah. Are, are your kids going to like the book? And for context, you got two kids in their twenties. Are they going to like the book or is it going to feel like dad's being preachy or judgmental? Or do you think your kids will pick it up and be like, fuck man, my dad's pretty sharp. Mm, I hope they, I hope they pick it up and I hope they say my dad's pretty sharp and I wonder if they'll read it out of obligation. So if you guys are listening to this interview somehow, um, because you're probably not, um, but no, I, I, I hope they get something from it. Um, I, you know, I think they, yeah, I hope they do. That's awesome, man. Uh, Hey, two, two questions. Cause this is going to drop uh Thanksgiving week right before your book comes out. Uh, cause it comes out Tuesday, the 29th, right? That's when books come yep. out on Tuesdays. Yeah. Tuesday. So we'll drop this the Thursday before, uh, Thanksgiving or the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So everybody can listen to this, uh, you know, all hundred people that listen to us, uh, and they can pre-order your book, uh, best version ever on Amazon. Um, as, as we go into the end of the year, um, two final questions that have nothing to do with your book. Well, a little bit to do with your book. One, what do you look most looking forward to in 2023? Like if, if something miraculous was to happen with you, this book, the experience, what are you looking forward to in 2023? And then I always ask this, what's your favorite movie and why? I'm kind of embarrassed that we're as close as we are and I don't know the answer to this question. Or maybe I do and I just forgot. Oh, this is so good. Okay, which one of those do you want me to answer? I don't first? care, go for it. Okay, um, I'm gonna say going into 2023 with the book, what I'm most looking forward to is, uh, I'm most looking forward to people reading it. You know, I want people to like it. I don't, there's no part of me that feels like any kind of ego of like, I need X amount of sales or anything like that. I just want people to not think it sucks and not hate it. I told my editor the whole time I was writing it, I was like, the world doesn't need another shitty book. So just let me know, like, I'm good. I can walk away from this. Um, and she never said that she, she says she loves it. So I hope that, um, I hope that it, um, so I like the dedication. I, I said, I, I hope I don't mess this up, but the dedication was uh, to your 20 year old self and your 80 year old self. I hope you make them both proud. And so that would be, uh, you know, my hope is that the, the book, did, um, you know, helps enough people and, and gets good feedback. And, and of course leads to me being able to do more of the event because that's what I love doing. My favorite movie of all time, hands down, I don't even have to think about this is Goodwill Hunting. Oh, such a great movie. It's so good. And I try to like my wife's even like, why do you like that movie so much? And I was like, because I think that I was that asshole kid that could have done so well in school, but I just didn't give a shit. So to see some other kid who 
could do well in school and literally chooses not to and chooses to use his intelligence whenever he feels like it, but not when it's expected of him. I'm sure there's probably some part of me that uh, keys in on that, but yeah. I mean, it was just like such a great movie, like su such little like production value, like an yeah. actual good storytelling. You know? Yeah. How long has it been since you watched that? Oh, I'm sure I watched it last year. I mean, I watch it almost every year. If, yeah. If not last year, then the year before. It had been a while since I watched that. And then I went back and I watched um, I watched that. Um, I watched Patch Adams and I watched um, Dead Poet Society when uh, Robin Williams died. And all three of those movies are just gut-wrenchingly hard to begin with. Uh, and they're deep and they're like emotional, especially if you were like ever a young man that felt lost. All of those movies are really just hit you right in the nuts. Um, and then since he had just passed, like there's so many scenes where he's talking and giving monologue and giving life advice where it's like, oh, this is so much more relevant now or it feels more relevant. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure like I cried like 10 times that day watching those three movies. They're just, they're rough, man. So it's like, I don't even need to ask you why you love Good Hill Will Hunting so much because yeah. anybody that hasn't watched it is missing out on a cinematic masterpiece needs to go buy it on Amazon right now and watch it um, and then report back in the comments. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I know I watched that movie when it came out, which I'm just going to guess had to have been 96 or 97. Um, and it's just crazy. In all this time, no movie for me has ever surpassed it. You know, like you would think eventually I'd be like, all right, this is my favorite movie now. But no, still that one. December 5th, 1997. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, I remember watching on VHS somewhere around graduation. Um, no, somewhere must have been in the army because I had already graduated, already left for the army. So I just remember watching that and Shawshank Redemption a lot on on VHS because some so much somebody in the barracks must have had them. And so when we were broke, buy a twenty four pack of beer and watch those two movies over and over again because of course we couldn't afford cable. And uh, yeah, I've seen that movie way more than I'd like to admit. Um, hey man, when are you going to be in Vegas so we can do this live? Because uh, I love I love promoting your book, but we got to sit down and have like a three hour political rap, um, business rap because people need to hear your whole story, everything you just went through with your brokerage, buyout, sellout parse it back to you. I don't know how much that you can talk about legally, but we'll figure it out. And, uh, you know, you've just got some fun, personal business, all kinds of experience that we need to talk about. So when are we going to get a follow-up on the books? Um, we will get it soon. I, th I thought for sure the first time I was on your podcast would be in person because I wanted to uh, hang out with you in Vegas to see your studio. But here we are promoting the book. So thank you for that. But uh, very soon, uh, very soon. And, and we can talk about a lot of the stories that actually made it into the book. Cool, man. And a, lot that, and a lot that didn't. Well, good luck on the release. Everybody, like, I know Josh. I know what's in his heart. I know more or less what's in the book just from knowing him so well the last almost 10 years. Buy the book, and uh, we'll see you soon, man. Awesome. Thanks, man. Oh, and did we tell everyone bestversionever.com? Bestversionever.com. Go sign up for all the freebies that come along with it. See, you do have a mailing list, even though you have nothing to sell, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all right, dude. Yeah. Love you. Talk to you soon. You too, man. Bye.